Welcome to the Cleaning and Crime Podcast. My name is Elise, and if you're wondering about the name, (laughs) I love to listen to true crime while I clean. So because cleaning and true crime are my two loves, I've combined the two. And every week I post a new whole house cleaning motivation video on my YouTube channel, See Elise. And in the corner of the video, I'm in a little bubble telling you about a true crime case that's interesting to me. So cleaning and crime. But for some, the cleaning footage is too distracting. Or some people just prefer to listen to their true crime and not watch it. If you want to check out the video version of today's story, be sure to check out my YouTube channel and you'll find a playlist of all of my cleaning and crime episodes. But if you just came here for the crime and not the cleaning, you're in the right place. Trigger warning, this is a true crime podcast. Some episodes may be disturbing to some listeners. Be sure to check the show notes for each episode for specific trigger warnings. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. I'm taking next week off to celebrate my birthday and spend some time with my loved ones, so while there won't be a new episode on February 27th, I will be back on Monday, March 6th with a new episode. See you then. Today's true crime case is about Gypsy Rose Blanchard and the murder of her mother, Dee Dee Blanchard. Now, there are two subcategories of true crime that get me really riled up. The first being family annihilators. And the second being Munchausen syndrome by proxy. And you can't talk about Munchausen syndrome by proxy without talking about Gypsy Rose and Dee Dee. And it's probably one of the more well-known examples of this, but I find it so fascinating. I'm going to talk about it anyway. So let me tell you about this case while I clean my house. Cool? Cool. Gypsy Rose Blanchard suffered from a laundry list of medical conditions, and her medical problems began as early as three months old. It started with sleep apnea as a baby, and as Gypsy grew, so did her list of illnesses. An unspecified chromosomal abnormality, vision impairment, hearing impairment, epilepsy, reflux, asthma, allergies, intellectual disability, leukemia, heart murmur, incontinence, lung disease, and she was confined to a wheelchair due to her paraplegia and her muscular dystrophy. Just to name a few. Dee Dee, Gypsy's mother, was her sole caregiver. And they were sort of local celebrities. They were well known in the community. They made special appearances and gave motivational speeches. Habitat for Humanity built them a house. They were on Dr. Phil. So these two had achieved some level of fame here because their story was so inspirational. And they were so positive and so sweet and so loving. People were moved by their outlook on life, their relationship, and by all the struggles they were overcoming together. But it was all bullshit. The girl wasn't even sick. So let's back up and tell the whole story because it is a whopper full of lies, fraud, Disney World, BDSM, Miranda Lambert, and even murder. (laughs) Let's go. So if you're unfamiliar, Munchausen syndrome is a psychological condition where a person repeatedly seeks medical attention for either a fake or a self-induced illness or physical symptoms. Munchausen syndrome by proxy is similar, but it's when a person forces someone else to fake an illness or they are poisoning someone else inducing illness. The motivations are usually attention or monetary gain. So that is what we're dealing with here in this story today, Munchausen syndrome by proxy. Now, Dee Dee Blanchard, Gypsy Rose's mother, she grew up in Louisiana 
Louisiana. And her real name was Claudine Pitra. I probably said that wrong, but Claudine. Oh, Claudine. But she went by Dee Dee. Relatives would later describe a young Dee Dee as someone who really hated it when shit didn't go her way. And she often used stealing as a form of retaliation. When Dee Dee was 22, she started dating a man named Rod Blanchard. And he was 15, which is problematic. <laughs> and when Rod turned 17, 24-year-old Dee Dee fell pregnant. And Rod, you know, a Southern man, he felt like the only responsible thing to do here was to marry Dee Dee, you know? So they got married real quick and they decided to name their baby Gypsy Rose because Dee Dee liked the name Gypsy and Rod was a big Guns N' Roses fan. However, just before Gypsy Rose was born, Rod had a moment of clarity and he was like, what am I doing here? He was not in love with Dee Dee and he just got married for all the wrong reasons. Rod was like, this was a mistake. I'm just not in love with you. I will pay child support. I will help you raise her. I just can't stay married. And Dee Dee tried to get him to his mind and stay, but it didn't work and he bounced. So Dee Dee delivered her daughter Gypsy Rose on June 27th, 1991. And since her and Rod had gotten a divorce, Dee Dee moved with the new baby to her father's and her stepmother's house. When Gypsy was three months old, Dee Dee was convinced that the baby had sleep apnea. So Dee Dee began bringing Gypsy to the hospital repeatedly. Tons of overnight stays and sleep studies, all of which said, no, the baby does not have sleep apnea. But I guess Dee Dee knew better and she She's like, yeah, she's got sleep apnea. Definitely. Next, Dee Dee was telling Rod, oh, the baby has a chromosomal abnormality. What abnormality? I don't know. She made it up. Then as Gypsy's learning to walk, Dee Dee's like, oh, now she's got muscular dystrophy. And so Gypsy learned to walk using a walker. Then Gypsy has terrible eyesight. So Dee Dee gets her the biggest freaking glasses I've ever seen in my entire life. Then Gypsy had hearing problems. She gets her some hearing aids. Now when Gypsy was about seven, she went on a motorcycle ride with her grandpa and they actually had a very minor accident. Like Gypsy scraped her knee. That was it. But Dee Dee insisted on taking her to the hospital immediately to get checked out. And when Dee Dee and Gypsy got back from the hospital, Gypsy was in a wheelchair. That was a hell of a knee scrape. And now I don't know. I don't know if she managed to convince a doctor to give her the wheelchair or if she like bought it or if she stole it. I don't know. I don't know. But I guess Gypsy's in a wheelchair now. But just to clarify, Gypsy could walk. She was fine. She did not need the wheelchair. But from that point on, Gypsy was forced to remain in that wheelchair. And she just had to sit there and roll around and pretend like her legs don't work. Wild. How? How can you tell a seven-year-old girl, your daughter, like, hey, honey, you gotta use this wheelchair forever now because your legs don't work. And she's like, but no, mommy, my legs work fine. Nope. No, they don't. They don't work. What the fuck? Dee Dee pulled Gypsy out of school in second grade and began homeschooling her. And Gypsy actually taught herself how to read from the Harry Potter books. Excellent. Dee Dee claimed she pulled Gypsy out of school because of her serious medical conditions, but it's quite obviously believed that it was to further isolate her and to maintain control over the girl, you know? Which is just sick. Like, you don't want her slipping up and telling a teacher, oh, actually I can walk and my mommy's a liar? Like, <laughs> that would not go over well. So Dee Dee and Gypsy Rose lived with Dee Dee's father and her stepmother. And Dee Dee was arrested several times during this period. She had forged a bunch of checks and she had stolen a bunch of family members' credit cards and racked up a bunch of debt. So she was really dipping her toe into the fraud game. Also during this time, Dee Dee was helping out around her father's house and she was helping clean and helping cook the meals. And also during this time, Dee Dee's stepmother started to be chronically ill. She was just freaking sick all 
the time. But as time went on, the family started to piece together that whenever Dee Dee got arrested or when Dee Dee and Gypsy weren't around, stepmom was starting to feel a little bit better. Uh-oh. They also thought that all this gypsy business was super fucking weird. So they ended up confronting Dee Dee about it. They're like, look, we're weirded out with how you're treating Gypsy. What's really going on? Also, we're super suspicious of stepmom's sickness. What say you? And Dee Dee was like, screw you guys. I'm out. I don't need these accusations. So Gypsy and Dee Dee packed up and moved to public housing in Slidell. And wouldn't you know it, after Dee Dee and Gypsy moved out, stepmom was all better. Turns out, the family says, Dee Dee was poisoning her stepmother's food with Roundup weed killer. And if that's true, holy shit. Dee Dee and Gypsy, like I said, they're living in public housing in Slidell now. And they're paying their bills with Rod's child support that he was paying, as well as public assistance that Dee Dee was granted because of Gypsy's ailments, okay? And they spent their time doctor hopping and seeing as many specialists as they could get into. So now Dee Dee's saying that Gypsy has muscular dystrophy, right? But a muscle biopsy was done, which I'm sure was awful and the test showed no sign of the disease but Dee Dee was like oh no no she has it then she claimed gypsy was having seizures and doctors said oh no that's awful and they gave her anti-seizure medication and this bitch Dee Dee gave gypsy so much of this anti-seizure medication that her damn teeth fell out now the girl has no damn teeth they also began making a ton of public appearances giving motivational speeches often going to the special olympics and appearing in parades and events for special needs children now rod ended up getting remarried to a nice woman named christy and they started a family and gypsy was still able to go and visit her father and spend time over there she got along really well with christy and with the other kids and they had no real reason to doubt Dee Dee, like, you look at the girl and she looks sick and she's in a wheelchair and Dee Dee shows up and says, hey, she needs these pills, otherwise she'll have seizures. And they're like, oh, okay, yeah. And they would administer her medication just like Dee Dee instructed them to. Gypsy didn't know any different. She was so young and she believed everything her mother told her. Can you imagine finding out years later that your daughter or your stepdaughter wasn't sick at all and you gave her medication thinking she needed it? Can you imagine? That is so fucked up. Now, Gypsy Rose was very small. Like, she topped out at four feet feet 11 inches she's just a little mini muffin and she had these big glasses she had the wheelchair and because she spent most of her time sitting around in a wheelchair she didn't have much muscle definition she was really little and frail and her voice her voice is terrifyingly high pitched and childlike if you get a chance watch a video of gypsy talking i'm not gonna put in a clip because i don't want to get demonetized by hbo max who like owns the story but she is like a cartoon fairy like and today we're going to disney world and i'm so excited like i'm not even i'm not even exaggerating <laughs> so she seemed really really young and she seemed really really sick and Dee Dee played into this. And it was at this point that Dee Dee began lying about Gypsy's age. Then in 2005, Hurricane Katrina hit. Dee Dee and Gypsy's area was destroyed, including their apartment. And they ended up going to a shelter in Covington that was set up for people with special needs. Now, Hurricane Katrina presented an interesting opportunity for Dee Dee. All of their belongings were destroyed, including their medical records and Gypsy's birth certificate. So she was like, if I just move, start over, I can say whatever I want about Gypsy's age and her medical conditions and 
everyone's just gonna have to take my word for it. And that's exactly what she did. So the girls relocated to the Ozarks and they started renting a home in Aurora, Missouri. Dee Dee loudly threw herself into her local community, showing off her sickly eight to possibly 10 year old child who was actually quickly becoming a teenager, <laughs> but shh telling everyone about how they survived Katrina and they have nothing left and Gypsy's so sick. But their love is gonna get them through. And everyone was like, OMG, these two, so inspirational. And that bitch, she was networking. She was, she was actually pretty freaking good at it. In 2007, Gypsy Rose was honored by the Olay Foundation that fights for the rights of tube feeding recipients. And she was named Child of the Year. Then in 2008, Habitat for Humanity built them a house and it was a nice ass house. They had a really good wheelchair ramp. They had a freaking hot tub. Now this, this was the turning point. That Habitat for Humanity house brought in a ton of local news coverage. I mean, that's a good story. That's good TV, you know? And people were so moved by Gypsy Rose and Claudinea D.D. Blanchard with an E because she wanted to change their name slightly, just in case. Like, you don't want people from back home to be like, isn't that that girl in the wheelchair from Louisiana? Isn't she like a teenager by now? She could be like, oh, no, 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 that wasn't us. We have an E at the end of our name. That's, that's not us. <laughs> So all this attention they're getting snowballs. And Dee Dee and Gypsy began getting a ton of charitable donations. Cha-ching. And Dee Dee was able to just make up Gypsy's illnesses and tell everybody whatever she wanted because there was no medical records to check it against. So now Gypsy has leukemia and Dee Dee was shaving her head to make her look like a chemotherapy patient. And also everything else that I listed at the beginning of this episode. And she's eight, I guess. <laughs> They were being asked to make all kinds of public appearances. They were on an episode of Dr. Phil. They were staying at Ronald McDonald houses while going to see different doctors. They were getting free flights to children's in Kansas City, free trips to Disney World. And the Make-A-Wish Foundation sent Dee Dee and Gypsy to a Miranda Lambert concert, gave them backstage passes and a meet and greet. They took pictures with Miranda Lambert. And I guess Miranda donated X amount of money to the family. Now, meanwhile, Rod, Gypsy's dad, is still sending $1,200 a month in child support up to Dee Dee. And him and Christy, they kept setting up visits to go up to Missouri and see Gypsy and visit her. But like the day before, Dee Dee would always call and find some reason to cancel their trip. Like, oh, you can't come. We got this really important appointment. We have to fly here or whatever, blah, blah, blah. You can't come. But keep sending those checks, though. Those are great. Okay, bye. So Rod kept trying, but he kept getting denied and shut down by Dee Dee. But Rod did keep calling Gypsy and talking to her on the phone. And this went on for years. And on one particular day, Rod called Gypsy on her 18th birthday. And he tells Dee Dee, you know, I just want to chat with her, wish her a happy 18th birthday. Can I talk to her? And Dee Dee's like, yeah, okay, but just... Don't tell her she's 18, okay? She thinks she's 14. Don't fuck this up for her. And Dee Dee explains this away by being like, she's like got the mental capacity of a seven-year-old. So it's like, it's easier for her if she thinks she's younger. Just, she's 14, okay? And Rod remembers being like, this is weird. But it's like, what's he gonna do, really? I mean, he was probably worried if he called Dee Dee out on it, Dee Dee's just gonna cut, her, cut him off completely. He won't be able to talk to his daughter ever again, you know? He was just doing his best. He really just seems like such a nice guy. Like, just in a really shitty situation. And he really did believe that Gypsy was sick, you know? Like, he had no reason to doubt it. Meanwhile, freaking Dee Dee was telling everyone she could, all of her friends, all of her neighbors, whoever would listen, that Rod was a piece of shit, that he was an alcoholic, a terrible father, he never called, and he didn't pay child support. 
Ew. Now, Rod's not the only one that thinks Gypsy is really sick. Gypsy thought she was really sick. Like, she believed everything her mother told her. The only thing that she knew was that her legs worked. She knew she didn't need the wheelchair, but everything else she thought was real. She trusted her mother that, you know, mother knows best. And it's like, if this is going on your entire life and you don't know any different, how would you know any different? And like I said, Dee Dee was shaving Gypsy's head to make her look like a chemotherapy patient, but she would tell Gypsy like, hey, this medication is going to make your hair fall out anyway, so we might as well get ahead of it. And Gypsy believed her, you know? It was just nonstop manipulation. And she really did have complete control over this girl. She always had her hands on Gypsy at all times. It was usually holding her hand. She was always holding her hand in every photo, in every interview, in every appearance, she's holding her hand. And if Gypsy said something that Dee Dee didn't like, like, oh, I feel great, I don't even feel sick today, Dee Dee would squeeze the shit out of her hand and be like, you're fucking it up. And if Gypsy said something intelligent that made her sound smarter or older than she was supposed to be, squeeze. And if Gypsy said too many things in a row when they were out that Dee Dee didn't approve of or that Dee Dee didn't like, when they got home, Dee Dee would punish Gypsy, usually with a slap with an open hand or even hit her with a clothes hanger. And Dee Dee was a good talker with doctors too. Like she talked her way into a bunch of unnecessary medical procedures. Like Dee Dee used topical anesthetic, like that numbing gel all over Gypsy's gums and made her start drooling a whole bunch. And then she took her into a doctor and convinced the doctor to remove Gypsy's salivary glands to reduce her drooling. Now you combine lower saliva production with the anti-seizure meds she was on and what little teeth she had left started falling out. And she had to get all of her front teeth removed and a bridge put in. The poor girl. Dee Dee also claimed that Gypsy had a ton of ear infections and she talked some doctor into putting tubes in her ears when she didn't need them. But one doctor Yes, one, only one doctor thought these two were suspicious. Bernardo Flasterstein. He was a pediatric neurologist. And he saw Gypsy in Springfield in 2009. And he saw Gypsy and he was like, muscular dystrophy? <laughs> that doesn't sound right. And like, he looked at her, looked at her muscle tone. Like, if you've been in a wheelchair for real for as long as Gypsy had been, she had way more muscle tone than she should have on her legs, you know? So this doctor ordered MRIs, blood tests, and all of them came back normal. No sign of muscular dystrophy. Then when Dee Dee was out of the room, he actually had Gypsy stand up and she was able to support her own weight. So he was like, mm -mm. So Dee Dee comes back and he tells her, she's got good muscle tone. I don't see a reason why she shouldn't be walking. I don't see any sign of muscular dystrophy. I need to see some more medical records here, okay? And Dee Dee says, we don't have any medical records. We lost it all in Katrina. And he's like, well, with everything I'm seeing today, I don't see any sign of muscular dystrophy. I think she's Totally fine. Dee Dee did not like this. Took her daughter and stormed out. Now, Dr. Flasterstein, after she left, managed to cold call a bunch of doctors. And he found some of Gypsy's old doctors from New Orleans. And he found out that there was a muscle biopsy done when she was a kid and it came back negative. So Gypsy was never diagnosed with muscular dystrophy by a physician. So right away, Dr. Flasterstein's like, okay, I'm dealing with Munchausen syndrome by proxy for sure. But when he brought up his concerns to the other doctors in his practice, they were all like, mm, you need to handle these two with golden gloves, is what he was told. So they were basically saying, look, they're so famous, they're getting so much money from charitable donations from these big corporations, like make a wish and blah, 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 blah. The authorities aren't gonna believe you. And even Dr. Flasterstein said, if he would have reported them to social services, he probably would have been rejected outright. You gotta prove neglect. But he didn't actually think he could prove 
neglect to social services. She's seeing the best doctors in the country. She's getting tons of medical care. She appeared very sick. You know what I'm saying? He didn't believe it was going to work. So all he could do was write a note in Gypsy's file. All of his suspicions, I suspect Munchausen syndrome by proxy. The mother's lying. But a few days later, an anonymous call came into the police. I'm going to go out on a limb here. Take a guess that it was probably that doctor. But what do I know? <laughs> the anonymous caller said that Gypsy was older than her mother was saying she was, that she was lying about her birthday, she was lying about their names, and that Gypsy was not really sick and requested a wellness check. But when police got there and did a wellness check, some sources say... Dee Dee drugged Gypsy, like right away when cop cars pulled into the driveway with like the freaking pharmacy that she had in her pantry. Other sources say Dee Dee just sweet talked the police, basically provided enough documentation to prove that Gypsy was sick. And she also said she was lying about birthdays and spellings of their names to make it harder for her abusive ex-husband to find them. And the cops believed her and Gypsy looked like a sick kid and they left and they closed the file. Dee Dee never took Gypsy to see Dr. Flasterstein again, obviously, but she did go so far as to call the office and request her medical records to bring to a different doctor. And she was given her medical records, which means she got access to Dr. Flasterstein's notes and saw the note in Gypsy's file that said, the mother's a liar. We suspect Munchausen syndrome by proxy. So that's where Gypsy's medical records end. She stopped taking her to doctors altogether because they were on to her. And honestly, she had such a huge stockpile of medications in her home. She had a long while before she would need to go back to a doctor for a refill. Fuck. Now, Dee Dee could say that Gypsy was younger than she was all she wanted, but you? Time makes a bitch of us all, and you can't fight off teenage hormones forever. And in 2011, it appears that Gypsy made her first attempt at escape. Gypsy managed to sneak away from Dee Dee, but Dee Dee ended up finding her in a hotel room with a man that she met online. Holy shit. Gypsy believes that Dee Dee was able to find her so quickly because that man and Dee Dee actually had a mutual friend. So she thinks somebody spread the word that Gypsy was meeting this man who was supposed to rescue her from her mother. But when Dee Dee burst into the hotel room, she presented one of her fake birth certificates and said, she's just a little kid. I'm calling the cops on you. And then she took Gypsy and brought her back home. When they got back home, Dee Dee smashed Gypsy's computer with a hammer and she threatened to do the same to her fingers if she ever tried to escape again. Then Gypsy was forced to sleep with a leash and handcuffed to the bed for two weeks as punishment. Then Dee Dee told Gypsy that she had filed paperwork with the police department to prove that Gypsy was not mentally competent to make any decisions for herself. Leading Gypsy to believe that if she ever escaped again and managed to get to the cops, they wouldn't believe her and they wouldn't help her. They would send her right back to Mommy Dearest to take her punishment. This girl is so trapped. In 2012, Gypsy has no freaking idea how old she is, but she is starting to figure out that maybe her entire life is a lie. <laughs> maybe she's not sick and maybe her mother is actually evil. And she also feels like nobody can help her. Not the doctors, not the cops. So she continues to use the internet as an escape at night after her mother goes to sleep. And this is where she would meet Nicholas Godijan, a guy sort of around her age, maybe, perhaps. <laughs> on a Christian dating site. Now, Nick is from Big Bend, Wisconsin. Nick 
has his own troubles. He's on the autism spectrum. He has a criminal record for indecent exposure. He has a history of mental illness and he claims to have dissociative identity disorder or multiple personalities. So they begin an internet relationship and Gypsy makes a secret Facebook account so that they can send messages and pictures back and forth. Some of the pictures, a little bit spicy. And at first things were pretty normal, but then things started to get a little bit weird for Gypsy when Nick started introducing Gypsy to BDSM. And he also told Gypsy it would be great if all of his other personalities had girlfriends too. So he convinces her to create different alter egos to date his various personalities. She would dress up in costumes as those characters and would send pictures with her secret Facebook account to Nick and his various personalities. You gotta remember, this girl has zero life experience and now she's being thrown into this as her first experience. Had to have been very confusing. I mean, she doesn't even know how old she is. But but Gypsy and Nick continued this online relationship for years. And in 2014, Gypsy confided in a neighbor girl who lived next door, 23-year-old Aaliyah, and told her all about her online boyfriend, how they were so in love, and they were planning to elope. Aaliyah, who unbeknownst to her was actually a very similar age to Gypsy, but she thought Gypsy was still really young. So she told Gypsy, you gotta be careful. He could be a sexual predator. You don't know who you're meeting when you meet him online. The neighbor had good advice right? But Gypsy was like, no, there's nothing to worry about. We're so in love. In 2015, Gypsy got a bright idea that if she could just introduce Nick to Dee Dee, that she would be like, oh, he's so great. I'm so happy you met someone you can totally date. I don't know why she thought this was a good idea. But Gypsy was like, what if I can just stage something to make it seem like we just bump into each other and oh, this was the first time we were ever meeting. Great idea. So she tells Nick, get down to Springfield. I'll have my mom take me to the movie theater. I'll wear a costume and you wear a costume. Then we'll act like we're just meeting at the theater and I'll be like, look at you, strange man in a costume. I'm also in a costume. What a coincidence. Come sit with us. Great plan. And that's what they did. So it all plays out. They act like they're just meeting and Nick goes and sits with Gypsy and Dee Dee to watch the live action Cinderella. And apparently Gypsy was like, well, I have to pee. And Nick's like, I have to pee too. And they met in the bathroom and had sexual relations for the first time. I don't know how Gypsy managed to get Dee Dee to let her go to the bathroom alone. You know what I mean? But that's what they said. They said they did it in the bathroom. And then they like went back into the theater and watched the rest of the movie. Okay. After the movie, Dee Dee was like, what was up with the dude in the theater? Who was that? What was that all about? And Gypsy's like, well, I don't know. I just, I just met him that day. And Dee Dee was like, a grown man in a costume alone at a Disney movie? He was creepy. I don't like it. Don't ever talk to that guy again. Well, that didn't work. Gypsy was dejected, but she kept up the online relationship with Nick. Now, Gypsy was kind of at her wit's end and she started letting it slip to Nick. I'm not actually sick. My mother is abusing me at home. Everything sucks and I don't even know how old I am. I can't go to the police. Nobody can help me. I will never be able to escape this. And Nick told her things like, I'll be your knight in shining armor. I will protect you. I will save you from anything. And Gypsy said, even my mother? And he said, even your mother. Tensions at home between Dee Dee and Gypsy started growing. And one night, Dee Dee and Gypsy got into a big argument. And after the fight, Gypsy got online and told Nick, the shit's going down now. And they sat down and planned 
the murder of Dee Dee Blanchard. So it's June 2015. Nick comes back to Springfield and Gypsy gives Nick all the information he needs. How to get into the house. Watch out. The front door's a little bit squeaky. I'm going to leave duct tape, gloves, and a knife for you. She's going to hide in the bathroom while he kills her mother. They had the whole thing planned out. That night before Nick arrived at their house, Gypsy and Dee Dee had yet another argument. But the argument ended. They made up. They painted each other's fingernails. Gypsy sat there and acted like everything was fine. Dee Dee was about to go to bed and she allegedly told Gypsy, I'm feeling much better now. I'm sorry about what I said. Don't hurt me. So Gypsy said Dee Dee's last words to her were, don't hurt me. Fucking brutal. After Dee Dee went to bed, Gypsy hid in the bathroom and covered her ears so she wouldn't have to hear her mother's screams. But she did. Nick got into the house, grabbed all the supplies that Gypsy had left for him, and Nick went into Dee Dee's bedroom where she was asleep and proceeded to stab her. Like, a lot. It ended up being a total of 17 stab wounds, mostly in the back while Dee Dee laid in her bed. Gypsy, meanwhile, sat shaking in the bathroom, covering her ears, listening to her mother scream for help, scream her name, not knowing that Gypsy was the one that put the hit out on her. Gypsy described feeling completely completely in shock. And she also said she felt kind of nothing, but she also said that she was on a ton of drugs. And at this point in her life, her mother was giving her a ton of Xanax. And when she was on Xanax, she said she just felt zero emotions. After the deed was done, Gypsy and Nick went into Gypsy's bedroom and had sexual relations. Okay. Now Gypsy and Nick have different versions of this part of the story. Gypsy says that Nick had expressed to her that if he was going to kill Dee Dee, he was going to do it his way. Way, and he wanted to rape Dee Dee before he killed her. But Gypsy didn't want that to happen. So she thought to herself, if I can sacrifice myself, I'll let Nick rape me and then nothing like that will happen to my mother. Nick says that him and Gypsy talked about it beforehand. I'll kill your mother and then we'll have sex afterwards. So the sex was consensual, according to Nick. We don't really know what happened for sure, really about any of this. But what we do know is that Dee Dee is dead. Gypsy and Nick stole about $4,000 out of Dee Dee's safe, packed up some bags, and they went to a hotel in Springfield to hide out, leaving Gypsy's wheelchair behind, walking on her own two feet and wearing a wig. So she was pretty confident that she wouldn't be spotted or recognized when they were going to little shops nearby the hotel. They hid out there for a couple of days trying to figure out what their next move was. They decided they were going to go back to Wisconsin and stay with Nick's parents up in Big Bend. But they didn't want to get caught with the murder weapon while they were traveling to Wisconsin. So they mailed the knife back to Nick's family home in Wisconsin. <laughs> Guys, there were so many places you could have tossed that knife. Literally anywhere. But you priority mailed it back to Wisconsin? Okay. They took a Greyhound bus up to Wisconsin and Nick told his parents that Gypsy was homeless, she was abused, and that she was going to live with them now. Also, did my package get here? Because the post office said it was going to take one to three days. <laughs> so by now, Gypsy was actually getting worried that they hadn't heard anything. She didn't want her mother's body to just like be there. You know, like she wanted somebody to find her. So she logged in to Dee Dee and Gypsy's shared Facebook page. And she wanted to post something that would alert people to go to the house to find Dee Dee. 
I'm not sure who actually typed this out, but investigators believe it was actually Gypsy. But she's like, okay, so we're going for like a murder kidnapping scenario, right? So she decides to write, that bitch is dead. Okay, great. Okay. Obviously, Facebook friends were like, are you hacked? Are you talking about a movie you're watching? What's happening? What's going on? So then in the comments, she writes, I fucking slashed that fat pig and raped her sweet, innocent daughter. Her screams were so loud. LOL. Great job, guys. I think the line of thinking was like, stage it like a murder kidnapping, but everyone's going to be looking for a bald girl in a wheelchair. And so they'll just never find Gypsy and they'll just stop looking and it's all gonna work out. It's a completely brilliant plan. But it's like, why? <laughs> why would the kidnapper go onto your personal Facebook page? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. It's not well thought out. It's not. Anyway, immediately people were concerned <laughs> with those very troubling Facebook posts. Police were called and sent to do a wellness check at Dee Dee and Gypsy's house. When they got there, they found Dee Dee and Gypsy was gone and her wheelchair was still there and all of her medications. And they're like, oh my God, she's been kidnapped. She's so sick. If she doesn't get these medications, like she's gonna die. So news gets out that Dee Dee's dead Gypsy's missing and she's in terrible danger. And that neighbor girl, Aaliyah, she saw the cops. She went over, found out what was going on, and she told the police that Gypsy has secret Facebook accounts and she's got a creepy online boyfriend and you should probably look into that. And it doesn't take long before they crack open the family computer and they find out all about Nicholas Godijan. And cops in Big Bend, Wisconsin head straight to Nicholas Godijan's family home and they find Nick and Gypsy and bring them down to the station for questioning. So they separate the two and the cops tell Gypsy, listen, your mother is dead. And Gypsy asks, Act all, wait, wait, what? It starts like acting really shocked and starts crying and she's just really not that good at it. They're like, sweetie, you know that your mother is dead. You need to tell us what happened. Did you tell Nick to kill your mom? Was it Nick's idea to kill your mom? Like what happened? Now it took some coaxing, but Gypsy stopped the crying show and she spilled the beans. And meanwhile, in the next room, Nicholas also spilled the beans. And he was like, I admit it, I stabbed Dee Dee, but I wouldn't have done it if it wasn't for Gypsy. I was trying to save her. So the two are arrested. And by now the press has gotten wind of this situation. So cameras are outside filming, the perp walk. And cameras are flashing everywhere as Gypsy is being led, handcuffed by police on her own two feet to arraignment. And that shit is all over the news. And everyone back home that knows Gypsy is like, holy shit, Dee Dee is dead? She's not a little kid and she can fucking walk? What the the, can you imagine the shock? I bet Miranda Lambert was like, holy shit, I gave those two money. What the fuck? And Rod, Gypsy's father, he saw the news too. And that perp walk on the news was the first time that Rod saw his daughter walk. Can you freaking imagine? All of the realizations come flooding in. Like, my daughter killed my ex-wife. My daughter was never sick. Oh my God, I can't even imagine. In the end, Nicholas Godijan was found guilty of first degree murder and he was sentenced to life in prison without parole and an additional 25 years for armed criminal action. His trial took a long ass time. Like the murder happened in June, 2015 and his trial ended in 2019. So it, 
It took a long ass time. In August of 2022, Nick's new defense team actually went through court proceedings to try and have his conviction overturned, arguing ineffective counsel and new evidence coming to light. It's all very confusing to me, but the judge didn't give a decision in that two-day court proceeding. But as far as I know, Nick's defense team is currently working on trial prep to try and get his conviction overturned and to get him an entirely new trial. So at the time of my video, there is still a chance that Nick will get an entirely new trial and his sentence could be dramatically reduced. There's a, there's a chance of it. We'll just have to wait and see how it all plays out. Gypsy Rose ended up taking a plea deal and she pled guilty to second degree murder and she was sentenced to 10 years in prison with a chance of parole. And Gypsy actually has a parole hearing scheduled for December, 2023. So this year. And it's likely that she's going to get out of prison at that time. What's bonkers to me is that Gypsy in prison, the girl has been thriving. 10 years in prison is 1 million times better than her entire life before prison. That's sad. Gypsy got to get her feeding G-tube removed. She wasn't being poisoned anymore. She could get some exercise and build up some muscle tone in prison. She's been writing a book about her experience and it's going to be released when she gets out of prison. She was reunited with her father Rod and her stepmom Christy and they just seem like the sweetest, most supportive, loving people. They visit her in prison and Christy actually told news outlets that Gypsy has managed to date quite a bit from her prison cell. Gypsy actually was engaged for a while but she called the engagement off in 2019 and this past June in 2022, Gypsy actually got married. 30-year-old Gypsy married a Louisiana man named Ryan Scott Anderson, and he's 36. And now it looks like she's going to get out this year at the age of 32. And she's going to get to, like, live a normal life with her new husband. <laughs> Wild. Okay, so what do you think? I think that this case is actually pretty controversial, especially the sentencing. Some people, including Dee Dee's own family, believe Dee Dee got what she deserved. Some people believe Gypsy should not have dragged Nick into this. Some think it was more Nick's idea than it was Gypsy's. Some people think Gypsy had literally no choice but to kill her mother. There was no way out. Some say, why the fuck didn't she call Rod? And Rod himself even said, I would have gone right up to the house and gotten Gypsy and taken her out of that house. But... Really? I mean, I really don't believe that Dee Dee would have ever let that happen. I don't know. I think, I don't think it would have just worked out like that. You know, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, it's likely that if Dee Dee hadn't been killed, Gypsy would have been killed. I do think that Gypsy's 10-year prison sentence was a good thing. Because it seems like those 10 years in prison have really benefited Gypsy's life. And I think if she would have just gotten off completely, she would have floundered in the real world. You know? I don't know. But Nick? That's where I'm on the fence. I don't know how I feel. Because it's like, yes, he killed someone. It was awful. But I kind of feel like that guy needed a lot more psychological help. You know? But... We don't really do that in this country, do we? So, uh, I don't know. Uh, this is why I'm not an expert and I am not in a position to make decisions about anybody else's life but my own. But please let me know how you feel about it in the comments. And that is the end of today's true crime case about Gypsy Rose Blanchard and the death of her mother, Dee Dee Blanchard. Thank you for listening to Cleaning and Crime. If you'd like more content from me or you want to see the cleaning side of things, check me out on YouTube or TikTok or follow my socials, all of which are under the name C. Elise, S-E-E-E-L-I-S-E. -E -E.
If you have any questions or any case ideas that you'd like to share, email me at cleanclean at gmail.com. If you like what you heard, feel free to rate, review, and subscribe. These episodes include my personal opinions, and all information is compiled by me using references that are publicly available. Sources are included in the show notes. All parties described are innocent until proven guilty. See you next time.